0: The Oracle Network. Hello and welcome to a special mini-sode of Yield Crime show where Maddie and I discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear every Wednesday. This special bi-weekly segment is called Can You Crack the Cramp which is slang for a difficult or obscure term, which I thought was very fitting. And with me today is Dustin from the Sandman Stories Presents podcast. And before we begin, I'd like to give him a chance to tell us a little more about himself and his podcast before we start the game.
1: Well, hello, hello. My name is Dustin. I'm an educator living over in South Korea. I've been here for almost 15 years. And a couple of years ago, I started reading a lot of folk tales and fairy tales for my students. And I decided to branch that out and put them out into the world. So like Yield Crime Podcast, I go back and look at old books and old stories and stuff like that. And yeah, I just bring them from all around the world. So it's probably stuff you've not heard of. It's There's no Cinderella stories. There's no Ugly Mm -hmm. Duckling, but there is Zulvisia and a Pony lion. So fun stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I was telling Dustin before when I wasn't really recording because my audio wasn't showing up (laughs) that both of my children are big fans of his show. It's interesting hearing, like you said, stories from around the world that aren't your typical Little Mermaid and things like that. So it's that's one thing that I really enjoy about your show. And you can actually pronounce everything, which Kudos to you.
1: (laughs) Oh, Oh. Uh, it it takes me several times. Plus, I have to look up pronunciations and I'm sure I still get a lot of stuff wrong. But trying is the best I can do.
0: Exactly. That's kind of how it is on our show. I always joke that uh, I give it an A for effort, but chances are I am failing miserably. That's all you can do is try, right? Yep.
1: And I'm very thankful to your two young listeners It's really nice that they're out there listening.
0: Yeah. So what inspired you to create your show? Uh, I was
1: previously doing work for my school where we had a library channel on our YouTube. Unfortunately, that runs into copyright issues. Mm -hmm. So what I had been doing on the side was going through folktales and children's books that were in the public domain. Mm -hmm. And people had told me several times... Dustin, your voice makes me sleepy. Dustin, you have a very (laughs) calm voice, but yeah, it makes me a bit drowsy. So I thought if I could put some folktales, some stuff from around the world that people from other places know about, but aren't well known, I figure I could do that. I could put out public domain stuff. All of my music is Creative Commons, so everything's free. I'm just getting knowledge and stories out there in the world.
0: Yeah, it is. Like you said, it's very soothing, but it's enjoyable because I feel like it's easier to digest the stories that way because it is kind of like you're telling a bedtime story. Yeah, And
1: hopefully, hopefully they're not too long. Uh, I've had a couple of 30 minute long ones, but usually I try and keep them around 10 to 15 minutes.
0: Mm -hmm. So what would you say is one of your favorite episodes that you've covered so far? Or conversely, one you'd recommend someone who is new to the show check out first?
1: I really had a lot of fun with Aponi Bolanayan, which is from the Philippines. It was hard to pronounce everything uh-huh. because there's, uh, I don't speak Tagalog at all. And there was some hard, hard to pronounce names, but I, I really like the story where the, the betel nuts are telling the guy, Hey, come with us or I'm going to grow on your knee. And <laughs> it's just kind of a, a weird threat. Another one that I really like was called. The Fiend. And it's about a young woman who meets a charming young guy at a party. And when she goes to walk him home, she sees him eating a corpse in a church that's been laid out. And after that, he starts saying, you know, did you see what I did? And Mm -hmm. she goes, no, no, no. You know what I did? No, no, no. Then tomorrow, your father will die. Tomorrow, your mother will die. Tomorrow, you will die. And it goes through this several times. And then finally, she's talking to her grandmother. And her grandmother's like, oh, yeah, just use this stuff and she'll be gone. <laughs> so Granny is real late in the story, but uh, but was fun.
0: Yeah, I remember that one. That was a good one.
1: Uh, and the the Field of Bones from Bengal, that mm-hmm. was an interesting one because I learned about the Rakshasis, which mm-hmm. are mythical. They're kind of demons that just eat and eat and eat. And they remind me of greed. Mm-hmm. And they just eat and eat, and yeah, finally, finally beating them in the story—that was a lot of fun. I, there's so many good
0: stories. I know it's kind of hard. That's a hard question to ask because, <laughs> as a podcaster, you put a lot of time and effort into each of your episodes. So sometimes, sometimes it's kind of hard to pick just one that's your your baby or whatever.
1: Yeah, I would say just pick something in the past eight to ten months. If you go further back than that, you can see my steep learning curve in podcasting, in audio editing and sourcing and pacing and all that stuff. So I was definitely if you if you listen to my first episode, it was really like, ooh, oh, <laughs> man.
0: I feel like as independent podcasters, we all have those growing pains though. Like I know I went back and started listening to my first episode, maybe it was a few weeks ago, and I was like, woof, this is rough.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I almost want to record a little intro thing being like, it gets better.
1: <laughs> I, I did that because one of the podcasts I listen to is The History of China, and he's got eight years of podcasting. And so when I was listening to one of his first episodes, he goes, I've re-recorded some of these. They, it gets better. I've got Mm -hmm. better music. I've got better editing. Just stick with it. If you you like this, it gets better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to do something like that sooner rather than later, because some of the older ones are pretty rough until Maddie and I get the same type of microphone and then the audio improves. Yeah. So you cover folk tales from around the world. Mm -hmm. What is one country you've covered that has some of the most interesting stories? Ooh,
1: uh there's another been, hard question. <laughs> yeah, because there's just been several that I've really enjoyed. Some of the wilder ones have come from the Azores, which are just off of Portugal. There's a, a story collector, Elsie Spicer Eels, and she did the stories of Brazil, which are a lot of my early episodes, and then stories from the Azores. And that one's got some weird stuff like why dogs sniff each other's butts. which is one of my episodes so if you go back and find that one you'll know why dogs (laughs) sniff each other's butts and there's another one about a boy who tricks somebody about some pigs he's like oh yeah you can you can have my pigs and he's cut off the pig's ears and and put them in the mud and he said oh yeah my pigs have sunk but you can pull them out and and have them and he runs away with the guy's (laughs) money the guy goes and pulls out some pig's ears and tails that aren't attached to pigs. And it's just like, Oh wow. (laughs) But I I think anytime I go outside of stuff that I'm familiar with, I get some really interesting and wonderful stories. The Philippines have been great for it. Korea where I've, I've lived here for a long time. They've got some really fun ones. I've got one coming up soon that because of the language that was used I get to use mm-hmm. words that are now uh, references to genitals, but <laughs> were not at the time. There's a lot of roosters and cats.
0: Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And and so I'm going to be saying that and like just holding it in while I'm recording because <laughs> there, there's some wonderful innuendo stuff about pretty cats and stuff like that. Nice. And that it's not cats that they say. <laughs> so it, it was it was pretty wild, but not all of them. All of them have been wonderful. Japan's been amazing. China's got some really cool stuff. Russia is really dark. Russia's got a yeah. lot of dark, brutal stuff. And I'm just like, oh, the only thing I haven't liked, and it's come mostly from Iran, Turkey, and to some extent, Brazil, has been some racism, some sexism. Uh, of course, there's a lot of sexism all across all of them. Yeah. Uh, and then some anti-Semitism where it's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a Jewish character who argues about the price of something for no reason. Doesn't help the story at all. Not anything in there. Just Jews and money. I'm like, oh, man, what? Why is this even in here? So yeah. with stuff like that, I delete it. I either take the character out or change the character. There was one of the Brazilian stories that I just didn't record at all because it was all about a little black boy who wanted to be white. And oh. I was just like, hmm, I don't know how I can edit this in a way that I can have it be any sort of story that I would want out there.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's a little.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit much for me. So I'm like, eh, let's skip that one. Oh, Ghana. Ghana has had some fun ones so far. A lot of Anansi stories.
0: Oh, yeah. We've covered uh, some stories about Anansi on my other podcast, Pineapple Pizza. So yeah. that's a fun character. Oh,
1: yeah. Lots of free free books on, on Anansi on there. And I'm I'm really excited because I got one book that is Louisiana folklore Oh. and it's got a mix of French and English. Like some of the characters have Cajun names and I, I have to go through and do the research on the stories to understand, oh, that's the French word for this. Oh, that- gotcha. For more
0: context. Yeah. so You're not just like, what?
1: Yeah. But. It's, oh, it's going to be so much fun. That's awesome. I got to finish the books I've started already, though. I've got to finish the books I've started.
0: I know. That's the hardest thing is I know for me, when I will find some cases or stories that I kind of add to my list to cover down the road, there are some that I'll come across and be like, oh, I want to sit and like just read about that right now. And then I'm like, no, no, no. I got to finish <laughs> researching this week's episode. I'll have to get back to that one at a later date.
1: There's a book that I, I thought of you guys. The lives of the most remarkable criminals who have been condemned or executed for murder, the highway, housebreaking, street robberies, coining or other offenses. Ooh. I think. And that one's on Project Gutenberg. So I, I thought of you up. guys when I was looking through it. And it's, it's the stories of, you know, people who have committed crimes and have been hung.
0: Yep. Lots of that. Yep. I'll have to look that up. Thank you. Yeah, there's there's so many stories like that. And I'm reading a book right now. Which is going to sound extremely morbid, but it's called mm-hmm. Dark Archives. And it's this book where this woman is researching books that are supposedly or literally bound in human skin. Oh, like the Necronomicon. Yes. So she's going through and kind of researching these different books that either are or are supposedly bound in human skin. And I read it at night before I go to bed, kind of like. give myself a break from screens and kind of turn my brain off a little bit. Understandable. It kind of has the opposite effect because I'm like, this is fascinating. But I happen to notice that the next chapter in the book is about William Corder, who we covered on our show. So I'm very interested to learn if the book that is supposedly wrapped in his human skin is actually wrapped in his human skin. Mm -hmm. So to be continued for that, I might have to do an update on the podcast if um, it proves to be true or it's disproven. So I'm excited to read that chapter.
1: That sounds like a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting book. And the processes that they've developed to be able to detect the different types of leathers, quote unquote, that are binding these books, you know, some of them that are supposedly human have been determined to be like sheepskin yeah things like that so it's it's very interesting and she's like learning like old tanning methods from way back when when people supposedly made these books and it's it's extremely fascinating so if you have a chance to check it out i highly recommend it it's been very good so far yeah the, the,
1: the the tanning thing uh there's videos online of a guy that goes through the dirty jobs of ancient england and uh, he's a historian and the tanning one with the, the vats of urine and everything. It was just like, yes, oh, oh that's got to smell awful.
0: Yes. Yeah. She visited a guy who uses a very similar method, but it's something involving, um, I think it's goat parts, something like that. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine. She said she could smell it like several blocks away before she even oh, got man. inside the building. And I was like, oh, I can't. He must Even not have imagined. neighbors. Oh. Yeah, it's like out in the middle of nowhere in like this wooded area. And I was like, that's probably good.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: I can't imagine. Oh, terrible. Yeah, so that's the morbid book that I'm reading right now before bed.
1: That sounds good. I mean, I'm, I'm reading a fairy tale type thing. It's the Sa- Samguk Yusa, which is a Korean telling of their foundation and the, the different nations that were there before Korea. Uh, But there's also a lot of like fairy tale elements to it. So like one king, uh, they said he had about a half a yardstick dangling between his legs. And so he had to find a giant woman to be his queen. (laughs) And when he was looking for her, he was out walking around and he saw uh, several dogs standing around what seemed to be a large puddle, almost a small lake. And uh, the neighborhood folks were like, "Oh yeah, that's old uh, tall lady over there. She made that." And I'm just like, "Oh wow, this is all of the story." Okay,
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's fun stuff. It it makes history more interesting.
0: It does. That's for sure. On that note, would you like to get into the Victorian slang term aspect of the episode?
1: I do. I'm I'm excited about this. I've read uh, the Dictionary of the Thieves Cant a while ago, so. I'm hoping some of that will come back to me.
0: There you go. So your first term is got the morbs and I'll spell morbs for you. It's M-O-R-B-S.
1: So that leads me to think that morb would be some sort of like sadness, morbidity or something like that. So I would think it'd be like feeling sad. You're, you got the blues. You're feeling morbid. You got the morbs. You're down in the dumps. You're ready to die. You are 100% close?
0: correct. It's an oh. 1880 phrase indicated temporary melancholy. Hey. So, like you've got a case of the morbs. Oh, that's. So <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool phrase. Bring it back. It is a cool phrase. Some of these are actually really cool. And I kind of want to bring them back. That's the, the interesting part of this segment is some of them make zero sense whatsoever, even after you hear what it actually means. But other ones sound very applicable to everyday life. So oh. maybe I'll have to start bringing some back. Uh, I'm I'm one for one I'm retiring. I'm out of here. Bye <laughs> everyone.
1: I'm betting a 1000%
0: <laughs> I'm done. It's only down from here. So your second term is nosebagger.
1: Nosebagger. Mm-hmm. Nosebagger. Makes me feel like somebody who's collecting boogers or something like that. <laughs> nosebagger. Oh, um wonder if there's something that's the nose of something that can be chopped off and collected uh yeah i got nothing on there goes my perfect streak i got (laughs) nothing on
0: this one nose bagger now i'm i'm clean out of ideas okay so this is someone this is kind of a longer explanation but apparently it's someone who takes a trip to the beach hence the bagger aspect of it okay but they bring their own provisions and don't contribute at all to wherever they're visiting. So maybe that's the nose part. Like they're thumbing their nose at people's provisions and think that what they're bringing is much better.
1: Oh, okay. That makes, that makes a bit of sense. Uh, I was listening to the Irish history podcast today and he was talking about how beaches weren't until very recently, beaches weren't a place that people went for any sort of leisure and like fishermen and folk like that would go but the the danger from the sea and all like that meant people didn't really see it as like the leisure place to go up until yeah. like the turn of the century and then they're like oh yeah the beach is great so yeah if you, if you don't buy from the local shops and you just kind of bring your own stuff in I guess, yeah it's kind of a i guess yeah like you said thumbing your nose at somebody
0: yeah and it's interesting that you say that because yeah a lot of things you hear in history. Anytime you're at the beach or anywhere close to the waterfront, there's always some sort of dark connotation with it. Or either it's a dumping ground or it's, you know, a dangerous place to be. And only for experienced fishermen or people who are part of like the Navy and things like that. It's not a, like you said, it's not a relaxing place to go. Yeah. Hey, let's bring the wife and kids. Oh, no. <laughs> no, there's there might be mermaids or sirens or other dangerous creatures that can take you away and drown you. Ooh. But you got one right. And that's yep. awesome.
1: Yeah. Feeling pretty proud. Yeah. 50%.
0: 50%. Not too bad. That's
1: what I get for reading that dictionary. It's, <laughs> the, it's the thieves can't. Like C-A-N-T. So like the word can't, but without the apostrophe. They've got a whole bunch of interesting ones. Lots of wonderful phrases in there. And uh, it would be good for research as well. I think it's also on Gutenberg. Thank goodness for Gutenberg.
0: I know. Isn't it great? There's so many good things on Gutenberg.
1: The book is the 1811 Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue by Francis Gross, G-R-O-S-E.
0: Cool. I'll have to look that up. I'm sure it'll contribute a lot to this segment.
1: Yes. <laughs> one, one phrase that uh, you'll have to look up when you get to that book is to box the Jesuit and get cockroaches.
0: I can't wait to find out what that means. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: it was one that I came across and I was just like, what the? okay? (laughs) oh,
0: awesome. I'll have to look that up. Well, I would like to thank Dustin for joining me today for Can You Crack the Cramp Board? And before we go, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media?
1: Sure. You can find me pretty much everywhere as Sandman Stories Presents or... Sandman Stories. I think there's some Neil Gaiman stuff that's Sandman Stories, so don't get lost there. But I'm pretty much everywhere at Sandman Stories Presents and easily Googleable pretty much everywhere. And I'm I'm quite active on Twitter, so you'll see me there.
0: Yes. And when do your new episodes typically come out?
1: I don't know what time it is. Actually, uh, about five thirty in the morning. No, five thirty in the evening on Wednesdays for people in the united states it's 8 a.m korean standard time on thursdays for me
0: okay awesome and that's pretty much people can find you kind of anywhere as far as podcast players
1: are concerned podcast players i've got the youtube which also has some picture books like the three little pigs and some other books from way back when and other stuff that doesn't get on the podcast because i don't put every story on the podcast if there's something that's not great for little kids Sure. I, I try to make the the main one as safe as possible for kids. Mm-hmm. There is one section of the Panchatantra where they're talking about cutting off people's noses, and there's blood. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to leave that chapter off the podcast. I'll put that on there the on the YouTube. Makes sense, yeah. Don't want people falling asleep to that. <laughs> <unless laughs> i been
0: wondering to. if their nose is still there. Yeah. Oh, well, it was it was pretty gruesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for agreeing to be on the show. It was really fun having you on. I'm excited to check out your recommendations for books and look up that term. (laughs) And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay, and I'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime.